All right, good to see you all here today. Today we are excited, I'm excited, because we are starting a new series. And this new series is going to introduce us to the theme for 2020. The theme for 2020 is Moving with God. And so I'm preaching a series starting today that will take us through the end of the month called Moving with God. How many know that in 2020, God is going to move us into some places that we do not expect, that we do not anticipate, and that we do not understand? We must prepare our hearts to move with God. And so the word of the Lord is coming to us today to prepare our hearts to move with God. Now, the thing we must understand about moving with God is that whenever God is getting ready to move you, the first thing he does is sends you his word. When God is getting ready to move you, the first thing he does is send you his word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if he's getting ready to move you in a direction that you did not expect, a direction that is inconvenient, a direction that is uncomfortable, a direction that you don't feel qualified for, yeah. a direction that you don't feel prepared for. Whenever there's an unexpected, inconvenient move of God that's going to take you in a direction that is uncomfortable, God always sends his word ahead of the move. Yeah. Because when he sends his word, he sends his word to move your heart. Yeah. And if he can move your heart, moving your body is easy. Yeah. But if he can't move your heart, he's not even going to try to move your body. Yeah. And so God is precise in the timing in which he sends his word. Yeah. Oftentimes we're crying out to God to speak to us without realizing that God's refraining from speaking to us because he sees that our hearts are not ready to move. Wow. And if God knows that you're not going to respond to his voice, sometimes he won't speak to you as an act of grace. Because he does not want to send a word that he's going to have to judge you for later. Yeah. And so sometimes in his mercy and in his grace, he waits to speak to us. He simply initiates a process of softening our hearts so that our hearts become pliable before him. Yeah. And when our hearts become pliable and when he sees now the heart is ready to move, yeah. then he sends his word and yeah. moves our hearts. And once our hearts are ready to move with God, then our bodies are ready to move with God. Mm. Psalm 63, 8 says, My soul follows hard after thee, it yeah. says in the King James Version. Yeah. In the New King James Version, it says, My soul follows close behind you. Mm. Following close behind God. This is what it means to move with God. Father, I pray today in Jesus' name that as you send us your word, that our hearts would be pliable in your hand and ready to move. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. The word of the Lord comes to us this morning from the book of Luke chapter 1. We're just going to look at two verses, verses 30 and 31. This is the visitation of the angel Gabriel to a virgin by the name of Mary. Luke chapter 1, verse 30 and 31. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Yeah. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. First, do not be afraid, Mary. Yeah. That's a command. Yeah. Second, for you have found favor with God. 
That's a revelation. Third, and you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. That's a prophecy. And fourth, and shall call his name Jesus. That's a command. Two commands sandwiched between a revelation and a prophecy. This is the word that God sends to Mary in order to prepare her heart to move with him in this miracle that we call the incarnation, the birth of Jesus. Notice that Mary did not just wake up one morning pregnant and have to figure the thing out. (laughs) You know what I mean? It didn't just happen to her. God sent his word ahead of his move. God sends his word ahead of his hand. Now, here's the problem. The problem is God sends his word and nothing changes immediately. And so we discard the word. You cannot discard the word. The word always goes before the hand. And so the word that moved Mary was two commands sandwiched between a prophecy and a revelation. A revelation of God's heart, a prophecy of Mary's destiny, and two commands. God moves us by sending his word, but specifically, he sends us instructions. This is what you're supposed to do. And then he sends us revelations. This is how I feel about you. And then he sends us prophecies. This is an inkling of your destiny. This is where you're going. And then he gives us more commands or more instructions. When you get here, this is what you're supposed to do. Right? If only instructions and no prophecy and no revelation, you're missing something. You're missing some pieces. But Mary, she gets it all here in this word that comes from the angel Gabriel. And so the first command is, don't be scared. Do not be afraid, Mary. This is the first command that God gives us when it's time for him to move our hearts. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Why? Because fear is the greatest threat to your obedience. You see all throughout Scripture people disobeying God because of fear. Fear is not just a threat to your well-being. It is a threat to your obedience. When the enemy sends fear, he's not just trying to hinder your heart. He's trying to hinder your obedience. He's trying to separate you from obedience with God. You remember King Saul? Samuel says, why did you not obey the command of the Lord? He says, I was afraid of the people. I was afraid of the people. What happened with the parable of the sower? Remember what the wicked servant said? Why did you bury the talent I gave you in the ground? He says, I knew you were a hard man, and I was afraid. Fear is going to hinder your obedience to God. Now, there's a difference between the spirit of fear and the fear of the Lord. And we see the difference between the spirit of fear and the fear of the Lord in Exodus chapter 20, verse 20. What happens in Exodus 20 is God told Moses to get the people ready and he was going to visit the people and he spent three days sanctifying the people, which means making them clean and and cleansing their hearts and cleansing their homes. And and, and then the people, they gathered at the mountain of the Lord. They didn't know what they were gathering for, but what happened when they got there was God came and sat on the mountain in fire and in glory and trumpets were blowing and there was lightning and thunder and the mountain was burning and melting under the presence of God. And then God starts to speak to the entire assembly. I am Yahweh Eloheinu, the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt on eagles' wings. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not bow down to them. You shall not worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. And the people started screaming and backing away in fear. Yeah. And Moses steps in front of the people, Exodus 20, 20, and he says, do not be afraid. Yeah. For the Lord has come today to test you 
so that his fear might always go before you so that you may not sin. Isn't it interesting that Moses says, don't be afraid. God's come to test you so that you might always fear him. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be afraid. God has come to scare you. (laughs) But don't be afraid, though. And then when Moses finishes the statement, he turns and enters the cloud of the glory of God. He goes, watch this. You ain't got to be afraid. You see this behind me? Watch this. And he turns and enters the cloud and disappears into the thing that the people were most afraid of. What Moses says in this passage is, don't have a spirit of fear. God has come to give you the fear of the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, both the spirit of fear and the fear of the Lord are in relation to God. Both are forms of fearing God. The difference between the spirit of fear and the fear of the Lord is that the spirit of fear will cause you to back away from God. The fear of the Lord will cause you to draw near to him. Yeah, that's good. Now, the practical application of that is this. The spirit of fear will cause you to fear obeying God. If I obey God, I'm going to lose this, 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 and this, and this, and this. Whenever you hesitate in your obedience to God because you're afraid of what you're going to lose, that's a spirit of fear that's causing you to back away from the mountain. The fear of the Lord will cause you to fear disobeying God. The fear of the Lord will say, I better obey God or else everything's going to fall apart in my life. The spirit of fear says, I better not obey God or else everything's going to fall apart in my life. What are you fearing? Are you fearing obedience? Are you fearing disobedience? Are you afraid God's going to ask you for something that you're not willing to release? That's the spirit of fear. Are you afraid that you're not going to release something that God's asking you to release? That's the fear of the Lord. Mary, don't be afraid. Translation, don't be afraid of obeying God. I'm getting ready to drop a bomb on you that you are not yet ready for. I'm getting ready to move you into something that don't make no sense. It's going to cost you your reputation. Mary, you're getting ready to get pregnant out of wedlock without the help of a man, and nobody's going to understand it but you and God. It's going to cause you so much trouble that your own fiance is going to think that you fooled around on him and he's going to be ready to get rid of him, get rid of you and put you away. Your family's not going to understand it. You might even, they might even threaten to stone you. In the natural, they're going to take you outside the camp and stone you if I don't intervene. You're going to be completely at my mercy, Mary, but don't be afraid. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Don't be afraid. And I'm not going to explain to you how it's all going to work out. Yeah. I'm not going to answer all your questions about what you need to do when you get there. Yeah. I'm not going to dot every I and cross every T. I'm yeah. simply going to give you this one word. Don't be, don't be afraid. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Don't be scared of obedience. Be scared of disobedience. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be afraid of moving with God. Be afraid of being left behind. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be afraid of going where God wants you to go. Be afraid of not going where God wants you yeah. to go. I don't want to be found in the place of disobedience. I want to be found in the place of obedience, even if there's a price. Because the price for disobeying God is always higher than the price for obeying God. Even if the price for obeying God is my life. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Mary, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid for... You have found favor with God. Do you know why we're often afraid? Because you don't know how much God favors you. 
Don't be afraid. Why? Because you have found favor with God. Do you see often our fear flows from our ignorance of how much favor and how much love God has for us? When you're ignorant of how highly God esteems you, when you're ignorant of how deeply God loves you, when you're ignorant of how how, much, how, how many plans God has for you, how God has a future and a hope for you, when you're ignorant of how much God cares for you and is concerned about you and carries you in his heart, the result is fear. Yeah. Yes. Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Yeah. And you haven't even done anything yet. <laughs> but you've already found favor with God. Yeah. What keeps us outside of the knowledge of the favor of the Lord is the idea that I must do something to earn his favor. It's the idea that I'm not qualified because I haven't served God enough. I haven't prayed hard enough. I haven't served hard enough. I haven't yet been approved by God. And so I need to work a little harder to be approved by God. Isn't it interesting that the angel of the Lord comes to Mary before she had obeyed, before she'd even said yes? She hadn't even said yes to what God was getting ready to do. And God already says, I favor you. I'm fond of you. I think highly of you. I've been watching you. And you have no clue how deeply I care about you. Isn't that what the father speaks over his son Jesus at the Jordan River where he's baptized by John and he comes out of the water and the heavens are torn open and the spirit descends upon him as a dove and the father speaks from heaven and says, this is my son whom I love. The beloved, my beloved. In him I am well pleased. Do you believe in Jesus? If you do, you are sons and daughters of God whom he loves and in whom he is well pleased. Do you not yet know Jesus Christ? It's very easy. If you open your heart to him and invite him in and receive him as Lord and Savior, Mm -hmm. it's not just becoming a part of a new religion. It's about receiving the saving grace of Jesus and the Holy Spirit will come to dwell on the inside of you and you will become God's beloved son in a moment in whom he is well pleased. Not after you've attended 17 church services, not after you've given a tithe, not after you've gone through membership, not after you've learned all the songs, not after you've lifted your hand. The moment Jesus comes to dwell in your heart, you become a beloved son, a beloved daughter in whom he is well pleased because it's not by your works, it's by his grace. You have found favor With God. Do you know that favor? Do you know what another translation of that word favor is? Grace. Unmerited. Unearned. God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace. Somebody else paid it for you. Paul says we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Do you know what more than a conqueror means? It's like a boxer who gets in a ring in a title match and fights 12 rounds, gets punched all in the face, brain damage at the end of his life. He's all beat up, black eye, bloody nose, broken nose, broken ribs, but he wins the fight and gets the belt. And then he jumps down out of the ring. His wife is sitting there. She's 120 pounds. She's never thrown a punch, but he puts his title belt around her waist. He took the blows. She got the belt. She's more than a conqueror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. 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 That deserved a better amen than you gave it. 
That was enough to make a Baptist speak in tongues, but that's okay. That was enough to make a Presbyterian dance in the spirit, but that's okay. Uh. (laughs) You have found favor with God. And if you knew how much favor you found with God, you wouldn't be afraid. Every time you feel fear, you have to return to his favor. The first word God gives Mary, resist fear. The second word God gives Mary, receive favor. If you're going to move with God, you've got to learn how to resist fear. You've got to learn how to command it to get out of my tent. You have to make the decision. Fear, you're not allowed in my heart. You're not allowed in my mind. I'm going to wake up every morning and resist fear, and I'm going to resist fear by receiving favor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Resist fear, receive favor. And then the angel says, and you shall conceive in your womb and bear a son. Now it's time for you to release fruit. If you resist fear and receive favor, Mm -hmm. you're going to release fruit. If you resist fear and receive favor, you're going to release fruit. You see how I did that? All those RFs. Mm. Fruitfulness, release fruit. The thing that I've been crying out for is fruitfulness. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my, my wife and I got married in the year 2000. Yeah. Alethea was born in 2009. Yeah. There was a season of about eight years in which we could not bear fruit. And for eight years, we had to resist fear. Yeah. And receive favor. Yeah. And you know what happened? We released fruit. Yeah. It didn't happen immediately. Yeah. But it happened. Amen. But you know what happened at the end of that season? Huh. For several years, we were okay. Lord, we want a child, but we're okay. Yeah. I mean, we really want a child, but we're okay. But we got to a point where we were not okay. Yeah. Lord, we want a child, and we are not okay. Whenever you get to that breaking point where you are not okay anymore Mm. with your lack of fruitfulness, that is the place at which you are ready to pursue the Lord at a degree that you've never sought him before. I am not okay. And it was that place where we begin to press into God at a level that we had never pressed into him before. And the breakthrough came from that longing for fruitfulness, from that deep, intense longing for fruitfulness. You see, in John 15, Jesus says to his disciples, I am the vine and my father is the vine dresser. Uh Every branch in me, and he tells his disciples later, you guys are the branches. He says, every branch in me that bears fruit, the father prunes it so it can bear more fruit. But every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he cuts it out and throws it away. It's another sermon what that means. We're not going to get into that yet. But then he goes on to say, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, 
You'll ask whatever you want, and it'll be done by my Father. And then he says, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Yeah. Or so shall you be my disciples, in other translations. Yeah. Literally, he defines discipleship as fruitfulness. Wow. Now, there's actually three verses that define discipleship in John. The first is, uh, he says in John 8, if you cling to my teaching, yeah. you are truly my disciples. Yeah. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Yeah. So that first mark of discipleship is clinging to the teaching of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in John 13, he says, by this all men will know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. Yeah. So the second mark of a disciple is genuine love. Yeah. And then thirdly, in John 15, he says, this is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Yeah. So the three marks of a disciple in John yeah. are clinging to the teaching of Jesus, loving one another, and bearing much yeah. fruit. But all three of those things require intentionality. They require us to press into a place where we say, God, I'm tired of living this life where I'm not clinging to the teaching of Jesus. God, I'm tired of living this life where I've got no energy to show love to my brothers and sisters. God, I'm tired of living this life to where I'm not bearing any fruit. Hmm. If you resist fear and receive favor intentionally, it takes effort. The problem is we expend our effort in trying to bear the fruit. We're out there, you know, digging around the tree and pouring fertilizer. We're trying to make the fruit come. God brings the increase. Your job is to resist fear and receive favor, and God makes you fruitful. Can I say something to you? The fruit that God has promised us here at Living Hope, we haven't seen yet. We, have, we haven't seen yet. Yeah, yeah. God promised us multitudes of people coming to Jesus. Yeah. And you know what? For about the first 15 years, I wanted to see those multitudes, but I was okay. Yeah. Now, I am not okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Moving with God is about moving into that realm where we are ready to release yeah. fruit. And I believe that in 2020, we are going to release fruit. There is a season of, and it's not just about getting more butts in seats. It's about getting more souls into the kingdom. Mary, don't be afraid. You found favor with God. You're going to conceive in your womb. And you're going to bear a son. Now Mary asks a question that actually sounds like unbelief. How shall these things be since I don't know a man? It's interesting that Mary asks this question and it seems almost identical to the question that Zechariah asked the same angel just a chapter earlier and got struck for it. (laughs) Yeah. You remember Zechariah was in the temple and the angel Gabriel came and said, your wife Elizabeth, she's about to get pregnant and bear a son. And he said, how's that possible? We're so old. And the angel goes, oh, you don't believe me, huh? Angel of the Lord comes from heaven and you don't believe the angel of the Lord? My name is Gabriel, fool. I stand in the presence of God, shoot. And you don't believe, man, that's it. No talking for you. You're not going to talk till your son is born. Shoot. 
And then he's like, I'm out. And he left like that. That was NGT, the New Ghetto Translation. And all Zachariah asked was, how? (laughs) (laughs) You know how old I am? You know how old she is? (laughs) How? (laughs) I mean, even if she wants, you know, I mean, you know, it's like, how's that going to work? And Mary asked the same angel the same question. How shall these things be? The the only thing that we can conclude is that Zechariah and Mary asked the same question from a different place in their heart. Wow. Yeah. Zechariah asked out of doubt. He was like, you crazy. <laughs> you tripping. <laughs> Mary, the impetus of her heart was this. She concluded, at the end of the word that this angel spoke to her, she rightly concluded that she could not accomplish this by her own power. And when she said, how shall these things be? What she was asking was, am I supposed to do this or are you going to do this? Translation, by what power is this going to happen? Here's what Mary realized. I need one more word from the Lord. Without this next word that God needs to speak to me, I'm going to walk in obedience. My heart is already ready to say yes to God. But I'm going to walk in fear and anxiety as well because I'm going to take the full responsibility for this word on me. I'm going to feel like I have to do it. Can I tell you that whenever God asks you to do anything, it's always going to be impossible? God never asks you to do the possible. The possible doesn't require faith. And if God were able, if God were to ask you to do the possible, he would be asking you to sin. Because whatever is not of faith is sin. And if God asks you to do something in your own power, that thing is not by faith, therefore it's sin. God would be asking you to sin. So God only asks you to do the impossible. The impossible, the improbable, the inconceivable. And in order to make it impossible, he leaves out critical information on purpose. Yeah, yeah. He makes it, sometimes it's very possible, but he makes it impossible by leaving out critical information yeah. so that you have to walk by faith. Because yeah. yeah. if he gave you all the answers, there'd be no faith required. Yeah. 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 So if God asks you to do something you can do in your own power, it ain't God. <laughs> when people say things, I hear people say all the time, I think God told me to wear a red tie today. Nope, it wasn't God. <laughs> You could figure that out yourself. <laughs> you didn't need God for that. You, people are prophesying about stuff that you don't need a prophet for. Yeah. Yeah. Mary just asked a simple question. Am I supposed to figure this out? Or are you going to do it? And now comes the promise. Yeah. She had already received the command, the revelation, and the prophecy. Now she's going to get the promise. Yeah, yeah. And here's the promise. No, Mary, you don't have to do it. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. Let me tell you how this is going to be done. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the yeah, Lord. Yeah. The battle is not yours, but the Lord. Mary, you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is believe. Yeah. 
You don't have to go anywhere. All you have to do is say yes to God. Mary, God is simply looking for your yes. If you say yes to the Lord, God will do the rest. And when Mary got that promise, she didn't need any more information. Stop asking God for information. Please. Stop asking God for information. Can I tell you something? God only moves those whom he favors. If God's trying to move you, it's a sign of his favor. And if God is not giving you all the information, it's because he's requiring you to walk by faith. Which means he favors you. Which means that sometimes God not speaking to you is a greater sign of his favor than if he were to have spoken to you. Sometimes God not giving you, see, you think he's not giving you all the information because you haven't prayed enough and you're not spiritual enough and maybe if you had prayed harder and listened harder and maybe if you were more spiritual, you would have more information. No, 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 no. The less information you have, the more faith you need. The only piece of information you need is this is God. God is saying this. God is saying step here. God is, I don't know why, but I know that this is God, but I don't have the rest of the puzzle. As long as you know that this is the Lord and you're willing to take a step in faith without having all the information, that's a sign of God's favor. God says, I favor you so much. Remember doubting Thomas? Unless I put my finger in his side and see the nail prints in his hands, I will not believe. And Jesus appears, Thomas, oh, and Jesus goes, put your finger right in there. See that? See this? Check it out. And Thomas fell on his knees and said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus says, Thomas, you believe because you've seen, but blessed is he who has not seen and yet believes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Translation, Thomas, you disqualified yourself from walking in faith by demanding evidence. Oh, shoot. Say that again. I done preached Miss Jackie up out of this place. She said, that's it for me. <laughs> she said, I'm done with this church. <laughs> I'm messing with you. I'm just messing. I'm just messing. She's going to care for the kids. She's... <laughs> You disqualify yourself from walking in faith by demanding evidence. Children of Israel in the wilderness, is the Lord among us or not? This is where they tested the Lord. Is the Lord among us or not? If he's with us, then tell him to feed us. As if he don't care about you, he's not going to feed you. Can you imagine if your child was like, do you love me or not? What? If you love me, then feed me dinner. (laughs) Like I wasn't going to feed you dinner? Have I ever not fed you dinner? Do you realize that if I had not fed you, you wouldn't be here right now? Have you died of starvation yet? And you think I brought you this far to let you die of starvation? Yes, the Lord brought us out here to die in the wilderness. You've disqualified yourself from walking in faith by demanding evidence. Not realizing that when God invites you to walk in faith, 
He does so because he favors you. Wow. And so now, Mary gets the promise. The Holy Spirit's going to do this, Mary, not you. The Holy Spirit is going to overpower you. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Yeah. It's not going to be done by your power. It's not going to be done by your might. It's not going to be done by your strength. The question is, how far is your faith able to extend? Wow. It's real easy for us to get excited about a word like this, but sometimes our faith only extends for about 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not by power, it's not by might, it's by the Lord, it's by the strength of the Lord. And you get in the car on the way home and you're already doubting. Mm. Yeah, he left me. Yeah. <laughs> he don't care. Yeah. I see it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I'll preach a sermon like this and I guarantee somebody's going to come up to me at the end of the service today and say, I just feel like God's not with me because it's like, you didn't hear a word I said up there. <laughs> I mean, at least pretend you believe what I said. I tell them, were you in the service? Yeah, I was there. I was in the service. And you just don't believe it. That don't mean you don't feel anything. Yeah. But you have to separate your faith from your feeling. Yeah, yeah. It's okay to say, I feel like God has abandoned me. Yeah. But my faith says he never leaves me nor forsakes me. And Mary now, she's ready. Yeah. And what does she say? Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Yeah. Be it unto me according to your word. Yeah. Mary says, that's all the information I needed. I'm ready now to say yes to God. You told me something crazy is going to happen to me and people are going to reject me for it, but you said you're going to do it. And you said I favor, God favors me. That's all I need to know. Yeah. Be it unto me according to your word. Yeah. Mary was more scared of missing what God was doing than her life being inconvenienced by what God was doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was more scared of the inconvenience of disobedience than the inconvenience of obedience. Yeah. She said, I'm ready. I'm the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel Gabriel left and nothing had changed. Nothing externally had changed, but everything internally had changed. Yeah. The whole point of that visitation was not to manifest the move. The only thing God was trying to move in that encounter was Mary's heart. Yeah. You see, when we think about moving with God, we're always thinking about the external. When people talk about the will of God, they're always talking about the external. Does God want me to move to a new city, get a new house? Does God want me to get a new spouse, a new job, a new car, a new this, a new... I'm serious. People blame the Lord for that. Maybe God wants me to move to this city. Maybe God wants me to move to that city. Do you realize that God, sometimes God just wants your heart to move? Yeah. It's not about a new house or a new job or a new car or a new spouse. It's about a new heart. Yeah. And sometimes we're willing to change houses but not hearts. Yeah. God, you want me to get a new job? I'll get it. No, I want you to have a new heart. I'm not ready. God is always looking at the heart. Man is looking at the outward appearance. Yeah. God is looking at the heart. Amen. Listen, we've completely misunderstood prayer. We think prayer is about learning how to get God to move. Wow. 
You spend all your time in prayer trying to move God. And if somebody could teach me how to get God to move, no, prayer is not about moving God. It's about moving you. Prayer is the art of preparing the heart to move quickly with God. Prayer is the art of preparing the heart to move swiftly with God. And the move might not be for another six months, but you need to spend every day of that six months preparing your heart to move swiftly with God. You need to go home and meditate on Psalm 63, 8 over and over again. My soul follows hard after thee. My soul follows close behind you. My soul goes where you go. My soul follows close behind you. Every day preparing my heart. God, prepare my heart to move with you so that when you move, I'm ready to move. There's no distance between me and you. I'm right up on your tail. I'm right behind you. No distance. I'm I'm walking. I'm crowding the Lord. I'm right on his back. I'm breathing down his neck. When he turns, I'm turning. When he moves, I'm moving. When he stops, I'm going to stop. My soul follows close behind you. When Alethea was three or four years old, we used to listen to that song, deep cries out to deep cries out. You remember that song? Deep cries out to deep cries out, deep cries out. And I remember Alethe used to love to preach. And I was in the car driving with her somewhere. She's in the back seat in the car seat. I said, Alethea, prophesy. What's the Lord saying? And she said, God is saying, when he moves to the left, then you move to the left. And when he moves to the right, then you move to the right. And when he moves to the left, then you move to the left. And when he moves to the right, then you move to the right. I said, that is the word of the Lord. She just prophesied. God is saying, when he moves to the left, you move to the left. And when he moves to the right, you move to the right. We're going to dance, dance, dance. (laughs) Dance in the river. (laughs) Prayer. It's the art of preparing the heart to move quickly with God. And God is getting ready to move you into some things, and he's getting ready to move you out of some things. There's some stuff in your life right now that is destroying you, but you don't even know it. God says, I'm already planning on moving you out. And there's some stuff that's going to give you life but it looks like death to you right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. God says, I'm getting ready to move you in. Yeah, it's good. Amen. And the whole Christmas story, yeah. as we're going to see for the rest of this month, yeah. is all about folks that the Lord came alongside and said, I've got a great story to tell through your life. Wow. But you've got to be willing to move with me. Yeah. And if at any moment any one of these characters in the story decided, If any character decided, I'm not moving with God, the story would have stopped right there. Wow. What if Mary would have said, heck no. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not. Or, or would have told the angel something ridiculous like, let me pray about it. <laughs> people, people use that one all the time. It comes to direct obedience to scripture, to the clear, uncontested word of God. Let me pray about it. Who are you going to pray to? Talk to God about whether or not you're going to obey God. The angel Gabriel visited Joseph next. He said, being a just man, he was going to put her away silently. And the angel came and said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. He's like, done. What if Mary would have said, heck no. 
I'm not taking, I mean, Joseph would have said, heck no. I'm not taking no pregnant woman. I don't even believe this. The story would have stopped. Wise men from the east. Psh, I'm not following that star. I'm going halfway across the world following a star. It don't make no sense. <laughs> you know how, how big of fools we look following a star halfway across the world yeah. on camels? Yeah. And then stopping over some poor little place in Bethlehem talking about this is it. This don't look like nothing to me. Yeah. Story would have stopped. Yeah. God has a story to tell through your life. Amen. Yes. Yes. But if you're not willing to move with him, his story stops. Wow. Yeah. Bow your yeah. head. Let's pray. Mm. Precious Heavenly mm. Father, mm. at this very moment, mm. we turn our hearts to you in prayer. Yes, and we return to prayer's true focus and true purpose to prepare our hearts mm. to move with you. God, everything in our heart that resists mm. moving with you, we ask you to remove it. Yes, God. Right now in Jesus' name, we resist fear. Amen. The fear of surrendering to you, it's got to go right now. The fear of obeying you, it's got to go right now. We resist the fear of obedience and we receive the fear of disobedience. We resist the spirit of fear and we receive the fear of the Lord. Amen. The fear of change has to go right now. Yeah. The fear of inconvenience has to go right now. Yeah. The fear of loss has to go right now. Amen. Like the rich young ruler who was afraid of loss and could not obey the word of Jesus. He was afraid of what he would lose if he surrendered to Jesus. And it said Jesus looked at him and loved him. He was heartbroken that he went away sorrowful. Lord, do not allow us to turn away sorrowful today. But soften our hearts. Make them pliable in your hand. Ready to move. Lord, we resist fear and we receive favor. Amen. We open our hearts to the word of affirmation by which we are addressed as sons. Yeah. That you love us more than we could ever fathom. And everything in our hearts that resists that revelation of your heart and of your love mm. that keeps us in the place of fear, set us free from it today. In Jesus' name. And while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and nobody's looking around, I just want to ask you a simple question. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, maybe fear of surrendering your life to him has kept you out of the kingdom. Maybe fear of what you would lose if you surrendered your life to him has kept you out of the kingdom, but today you're making a decision. I will no longer allow fear to hinder me from surrendering my life to Jesus. I'm simply asking you to take a simple step. The step that says yes to Jesus. And if that's you, I'm just asking you to lift your hand so I can see you.
to them. 